it's definitely those closets because people don't want to let go of clothes that you know they don't they can't wear again because statistics says that 80 percent of the stuff we keep we never reference again and we wear 20 percent of our clothes 80 percent of the time because we have the favorites you know you got the you always get to go to the same shoes the handbag the jacket and yeah. then you have papers that, you know, you may feel like, oh, it's important. But then five years down the line, 10 years down the line, it's no longer relevant. Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamekaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Joining us today on the podcast, we have Janet Taylor. For the past 28 years, Janet has been assisting clients in creating a space that attracts more abundance, love, and happiness in their lives. Her expertise includes transforming cluttered rooms into functional and creative spaces, organizing the personal and professional spaces of executives and downsizing offices. Past clients of hers include Les Brown and Diana Williams. She's also the host and producer of the weekly podcast, Got Clutter, Get Organized with Janet. For over a decade, which has received over 1 million downloads and was ranked number two organizing podcast. The show covers a variety of topics. In addition to her speaking and podcasting experiences, Janet has appeared in two episodes of HGTV's Mission Organization and was featured on the Rachel Ray Show as the Clutter Free Queen. Her work has also been featured in various publications and she's been a guest on several different podcasts. She gets very excited to partner with, take that last line out for it's where I say she gets very excited. Janet, welcome to the Asia's Conversations podcast. I am excited to be here, especially to talk about organization. Yes, I know that's your jam and you love to get into that. And this is one of the areas I believe that everybody can, you know, take something from whether they feel like they're a very organized person or if they know that this is definitely an area that they can use assistance in. I believe that you're going to be able to provide the listeners with so much that they'll probably be able to take it right away and implement it into their everyday lives. <laughs> I truly, truly hope so. Yeah. But before we dive into our conversation, Janet, I'd love to ask you, as we begin to kick off this year of 2023, when it comes to organization, what's one of the areas of your own personal life that maybe you're looking to organize even more? I think it would be just my time. Okay. And that has to do with just making sure I really carve out enough time for myself, like for self-care, to slow down, and sometimes just to enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I, I, I really like following your content online and some of the things that you talk about. I had a chance to look over your website and things like that. But I wanted to ask you, for the listeners, they'll definitely want to know this. When you think about little girl Janet, has organization always been a part of your life? Is it something that come natural to you or is this a learned behavior that maybe you saw your mom and it's just become a part of who you are? Well, a friend reminded me that when he would come over, like to be play, that my toys were organized. And I didn't realize that. But I did pick up a lot of things from my mother. For example, 
you know, on Tuesday evenings, I usually go through my refrigerator, pick out things that are maybe expired because I kind of get excited because Wednesday is my trash day. So I go through and I get rid, and that's like a habit I really, you know, acquired from my mother. Okay. 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 And so as a little girl, do you, do you, do you recall your organization of toys being a task that you took on yourself personally? Or again, was that something that was orchestrated by her? That was something I did personally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Cause you know, and I remember cause I had a space in the home for just my toys and she really didn't come in there. It was always me. I always had to make sure things were organized whenever I got finished playing with them. She even told me that because she worked at one of the babysitters said that I refused to eat another bite unless my mouth was wiped off clean. So it's all of those little things that made me who I am today. Yeah. And so as you progress, you think about little girl, Janet, teenage, and then into adulthood. How has that continued on for you? It has really made me appreciate what I, the skill that I have, or actually I really call it a gift. And I'm really learning each and every year, not only how to enhance it, but sometimes just to be a little bit more flexible, even with myself when it comes to organizing. There are some things I'm very like rigid about, but then there are other things. It's like, you know what, as long as it's a place for something, it doesn't necessarily have to be neat. And I always tell people that organization is not necessarily about being neat. It's being able to find things because we all know somebody who you would think is not the neatest person in the world but you ask them for something they can find it within seconds yeah that's good because I was that was definitely one of the things I wanted to ask you how would you personally define organization and it is again it's just being able to find something it's being able to put your hands on something it's being able to not stress out and get overwhelmed because you don't know where something is but you actually do know where something is and it's all and I also tell people that organization is a journey it's not necessarily like a destination like oh, I'm going to get organized because it changes like you were saying you know the teen years the 20s the 30s mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even in life you know when you're single then you you know you get married you got the children and then they become teenagers grow up and move up it's all of those different phases of life and even just as a person you know when you're working full-time but then you decide you know maybe a lot of people now are not going in the office so they're home so just changes have to be made or when you decide to retire this changes have to be made and just your wardrobe in and of itself so it's always changing but that's okay because that's how our life is yeah, that is true. That is how our life is. It's, it's going in different cycles. So what does the cycle of our life require at that time? How can we get organized for that season of life that we're in at that time? So we, so overall, this has clearly been a part of who Janet is, but how did you get to the place? I'd love to hear the backstory and the history behind how you got to a place of serving clients, this being something that you did for yourself, but then d- doing it for others. So I was working for a company I really loved and we lost the contract. So therefore I was laid off. But work leading up to the layoff day, there was an article about a woman who went into companies and talked to people about getting organized. And I was like, well, that's something everybody's always saying about me. So I did research, found out there was a national chapter. 
There was a local chapter of organizers just getting started. So because it was a little easier for me because I was about ready to move out, but I had moved out because, you know, the layoff. And, you know, I talked to my mother and she's like, sure. She's like, you know, do it. And I did it. And with her support and encouragement and sometimes her financing, I was able to really just get started. And that's how I started. So it was like the layoff and just me just really, you know, going after my dreams. I did it part time. And then within a year, I decided to do it full time. I love that. One, the thing that you talked about is basically like you did your due diligence and you, you believe that you can do it because you saw somebody else doing it and did your research like, Oh, let me find out about this. You said, what am I good at? So you knew that that was something that you were good at as well. And so the confidence was there that you could move on and decide to do this. What process did you go through or how did you market the business? Like what was your way of attaining a new client? So in the beginning, it was, and I mean, and I'm talking like the 90s, <laughs> it was, I would do these workshops because they, the different community organizations would have workshops where people within that community would come on a Saturday. And because people within that specific zip code were my ideal clients, I figured if they would come out and see me speaking, they would be a little bit more comfortable in having me come into their homes. So that was one way. Another way was actually referrals. I would give, you know, if somebody gave me a referral, it turned into a client. I would give them a free hour of organizing. One of my friends, she racked up like five hours of organizing because <laughs> she gave me so many referrals. Of course, back then it was flyers and just really like going out and doing a lot of networking, a lot of speaking. People would get to know me and then it was just, you know, building and expanding into like really word of mouth. So that's how I really got started. I love that. I love that. What, what, in the clients that you work with and the work that you've done like over the years, what do you see as like the biggest challenge for people to start their organization journey? I think a lot of times because my clients, they have full-time jobs and then they're really involved within the community and they've got family responsibilities. A lot of times it's just time. And once they carve out that time and, you know, we work together and then develop some systems, it's a lot easier for them to maintain. But a lot of times it's just the time. It's not that they don't know how to do it or that they don't even want to do it. It's just really carving out that time to really dig in, get assist, get rid of the stuff they don't need, set up a system for what's left, and then just maintaining it. Do you find that kitchen, the kitchen and the closets are the melting pots of where people are holding on to the majority of items or things that causes the clutter? Actually, so you said the kitchen and, and the uh, closets. The closet, yes. The kitchen, not necessarily. It's usually that paperwork. Because that paperwork, a lot of times, there's some kind of attachment. Could be the first report card or the first this or maybe something that they don't feel that they can get, you know, another <laughs> copy of from somewhere. So that's a lot of it. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely those closets because people don't want to let go of clothes that, you know, they don't. They can't wear again because statistics says that 80% of the stuff we keep, we never reference again. And we wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. Because we have the favorites, you know, you got the, you always get to go to the same shoes, the handbag, the jacket. 
And then you have papers that, you know, you may feel like, oh, it's important. But then five years down the line, 10 years down the line, it's no longer relevant. Wow. 80% never get referenced again. 80%. That's a large percentage. It is a large percentage. And I mean, and now with the, you know, popularity of storage units, and there is a purpose for those. I mean, I had to use a storage unit because I was moving out of one place. The next place wasn't quite ready. So I needed to put my stuff somewhere or people get, you know, remodeling. They get floors. They need stuff. But when it becomes something where you're using it year after year after year because you're not dealing with that stuff, then that becomes a problem and expensive, too. When you ask the questions to clients, why don't you want to get rid of this? What's some of the common whys that you hear that people just can't release the stuff? Most of the time it's emotional. I work with one client and she, you know, we were going through all these t-shirts. She's like, oh, I can't get rid of that t-shirt because a boyfriend gave it to me, which actually she should have said an Mm ex-boyfriend. And I said, okay, emotional. And I said, well, when was the last time you wore it? That was my next question. She said, oh, eighth grade. Now, at that time, when we were working together, she was in her mid-40s. And I said, Mm -mm. you know what? Eighth grade? Yeah, eighth grade. But she was holding on to it because, you know, he gave it to her, but he hasn't been in her life for decades. And so, therefore, and sometimes it's just taking people through those questions. You know, I work with a client who had just recently retired. and. Because the work she did, she wore suits, but she also wore sneakers because she was in a city. So therefore, she was commuting and she had long jackets. Well, now she's retired. You know, she's living the single life. And I'm like, you don't need those long coats anymore. (laughs) You don't need those suits and you definitely don't need those sneakers. And it's like sometimes just taking people through a series of questions and really letting them look at this is what your life looks like right now. You don't need that stuff anymore. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that you take people through a series of questions because that's a lot of the times when we watch, what's that one TV show? What is it, The Hoarders? I know that's some of the things that come out when they're asking those individuals those 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 questions like, well, why do you have this? And they're why you find that it's a lot of emotional attachment to things. Sometimes it is based on what you said. Sometimes it can be death and they are still like grieving the loss Mm -hmm. of that individual. Mm -hmm. It's so many various different things. And the thought of getting rid of that stuff, people just can't grasp their minds around it. Is that what it is? And that is true. And usually like there's lots of reasons why, but I'll just share four. So, of course, you talked about hoarding. And a lot of times that is there's something that triggered that. And, you know, years ago, I worked with a couple and it seemed and this was before the pandemic, but there was like rolls of toilet paper all over the place mm-hmm. and one here, one there, one there. And in his mind, if the husband saw one roll in his mind, it triggered him that he needed to go out and get a whole case. Mm-hmm. And I found out after talking to the wife is when he was in the service, it was so scarce that when he came home, he promised that would be something that his family would never have to want. Oh. So it was just a matter of just creating a system where all the paper, toilet paper would go. So at least when he saw how many rolls he really actually had, he didn't get that panic. But if he saw one here and one there, he went into a panic. And then, of course, there's deferring and delaying. 
You know, you may come home, you don't feel like opening up the mail. Sometimes you may go to shopping and you put stuff aside. But then a lot of times that causes clutter as well. And then even with deferring and delaying, sometimes people just don't want to open up mail. It's because they don't want to know what's in that letter, etc. Mm-hmm. Then there's the perfectionism. You know, you look at the shows, you see the hangers, you go in the store, you want everything to look pretty. But I tell people to purge first before you purchase, because a lot of the stuff that you're holding on to, you may not even need and you don't need all those containers for it. And then the last one is sentimental. And I tell everybody, it was like I was into my 30s before I got rid of my prom dress. But that was because when I was going through school, you know, I had the glasses. I was tall. Well, I was tall and thin. And, you know, I got good grades. I was teased. But when I went on my prom, it was like, wow, I feel popular. So that's why, you know, so those are some of the reasons why people just hold on to things. Yeah. When I was listening to you go through those different types of things and something that you mentioned earlier, it's a couple of things. So I would definitely consider myself somebody that's more of a minimalist more so than anything. But when I heard you talking about clutter and just the different things that people hold on to, obviously nobody is exempt from holding on to something. And so in that, a few things that you mentioned that I know that I definitely have is, so I definitely do have that first grade (laughs) report card. Whatever my very first award is that I receive, I definitely still have my prom dress. (laughs) I have, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but I still have my wedding dress. And I have my, here's the other thing. I was like, what else do I have? There's two more things that I have that just came to mind. My very first check, paycheck from when I first started working. Okay. And my name tag. Okay. Okay. And, and that's okay. And I let people know when you're ready to let go of stuff, let it go. And if you're not, as long as you have space to keep it, that's okay. Cause I have the, these yellow gloves that come up above your elbow from my mom. I can't really wear those things, but you know what? I'm not ready to let it go. So they sit nicely displayed in my drawer with my jewelry and that's it. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we've talked a lot about clutter as it relates to stuff and things that we can touch and feel. But what about when it comes to the clutter in our minds and things like that that stop us from moving forward? So with that type of clutter, a lot of times I tell people, you know, sometimes, you know, they don't like that T word, which is therapy. But I always really suggest a lot of times, sometimes you do need to talk to someone. And then also sometimes with clutter, a lot of times it's a matter of what they call is a brain dump. Mm-hmm. And it's really putting all of your ideas and your thoughts on paper. Yeah. I tell people also a lot of times it's a good idea that before you go to bed or even sometimes when you end your work day, it's just to kind of jot down some things you want to do the next day or some things that are coming in your mind. So that way you can really kind of relax because a lot of times you're like, oh, I don't want to forget something. And then you're just trying to remember everything. And then you're just preventing yourself from falling asleep. But, you know, those are just some things as well. And a lot of times it is sometimes it's emotional clutter. Again, you know, really talk to somebody. But then with that other clutter, just, you know, sometimes it's just good just to get a blank piece of paper and just start writing. Things. Don't even try to organize anything. Just start writing stuff down. Get it all out. And then once it's all out, then you can kind of organize and categorize all those thoughts and ideas that you wanted to, you know, take on. 
Yeah. What advice or what would you say to the person who knows that she lives a very busy life? Maybe she's a single individual, so she doesn't have, you know, any support in her home. Or she could be that married person and she does have support in her home. But however, the household is just extremely busy. And so she knows that she wants her home to look a certain way, but she is like stuck and hiring a housekeeper, just, you know, someone to come around and help her keep things tidy. Just the thought of it, like, makes her skin crawl. What would you suggest to that person so that they could, you know, hire house cleaning without that guilt? Well, first, I think it's important that people plan their day, but also their week. And really be realistic about what you can and cannot do. Because one of the things is I tell people, I sit down and have my my planning session with Janet at least once a week where I pull out my calendar. You know, I have a physical planner. I pull out my online calendar with all my appointments and I see how my week is going to be for the next week. And then with that, then I'll know like what days I can do. I do meal prep because it's a lot easier. It saves me money. I eat healthier. What days I can clean, what days I need to do laundry. But also, you know, begin to look at how you can save yourself time, but also looking at your goals as a person, as a family. I know a single mom who decided it was it was an investment for her to have somebody come in and clean mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that would allow, give her more time for her child. And it's amazing because see, when she comes home, she doesn't have to worry about all that stuff. She can be engaged in him and she also does the, the meals that are already prepared. So that's her investment. But when she comes home, she's more engaged with her child. Yeah. So sometimes it's looking at things like that. But there's also so many different levels. I mean, you know, you could also just kind of pre, pre-order your food, pick it up on your way home. I know people who are sometimes overwhelmed with laundry. They found services just in their neighborhood. They can actually do the laundry for them. So it's really one looking at your time, which you can do, but also looking at what do you want the long-term goals to be? I want to spend more time with my child or my family. So how do I, how can I do that? And what do I need to do? Is it something I can schedule and so that I can do it myself, but also have time? Or is it something I need to, you know, source out and delegate? And sometimes people don't like that word, but it's a great word and it really gets things done and allows you to really live a life that is a little bit less stressed and you're, you're not feeling as much anxiety. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so, you talked about like having that routine. You have a personal routine. Is that something that you recommend to your clients as well to set up a routine so that they can minimize the clutter that they are experiencing in their lives? Yes, yes. I, I recommend it to everybody to sit down because a lot of times there's so many things we want to do and we keep saying we want to do it, but you do have to plan for it and just be realistic. And then I also tell people sometimes is to really kind of take a journal of your time because mm-hmm. sometimes we feel like we don't have enough time to do anything. But also sometimes we may be trying to put too much in a day yeah. and just kind of see how much time you're spending doing different tasks because, you know, maybe you think you've got three hours to do something, but then you've had a full day at work. You got to come home. You got to do homework. Then you got to do this, that, and the other. And you may have like an hour left and you need that time just for yourself, just to regroup. But then maybe you may have a little extra time on the weekend. So, but definitely sit down. And if it's a family, sit down with a, as a family so you can see well, who needs to be picked up? 
You know, who's got rehearsal? Who's got to study late? <laughs> do we have any, you know, school projects? Do, do I have to go and pick up any supplies for the school project? So you'll know in advance, you know, really how to manage your time. Because maybe one night when, you know, there's nothing, a lot going on, you can maybe throw some a load of laundry in. Or then maybe another night you can like, you know what, I'm going to pre-order the food so I can pick it up so I don't have to do it on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You talk about attracting more love, light, and ha- life and happiness. Um, how does one do that? <laughs> By getting organized. But really, so with the, the the so with the the love part, a lot of times single people, you know, they want they want somebody in their life, but also they have to look at is the clutter, you know attract you know you know really kind of making that person run away and and also you know just making sure that you have space for that and space could be time like mm-hmm. you decide you know I want to date well do you have time you know are you working full time going to school getting your master's your doctor degree and you know do you have time for that but also when it, the relationship gets to the place where you know you may you know want to cook dinner for him he wants to cook dinner for you do you have space in your house because sometimes people can open up a door and it's like mm, I, mm. I don't know if I don't know <laughs> Because I did, I had to share with somebody. She kept saying how she wanted somebody in her in her life. And I said, I understand that. But what if he comes by just to wait for you to to get your coat and your, your hat and stuff? He has nowhere just to sit down. Oh. So, yeah. So sometimes it's looking. So that's the that's the love part of it. And that, could, and that doesn't have to necessarily. That could be just in a friendship, too, because right. I know people who were so ashamed to have their families over mm. just to, you know, be able to get together for, you know, a Thanksgiving or just a meal. And they were so excited because like Janet, I can have in my dining room now. So a lot of that, that that's part of the love. With the money part, it's really having those, you know, your paperwork, however your system's organized so that you can keep track of everything. You're not surprised because you're not opening your bills. And also you are just creating systems to allow a flow so you know what's coming in and what's going out. And of course, happiness is really being able to just come home, open the door, maybe sit down and just kind of recharge, you know, maybe you know, going into your bedroom and just seeing the top of your bed, the top of the dresser, or being able to just kind of open up your closet and being able to pull something out without everything just collapsing on you. So <laughs> those are just so that's really about how, you know, to track more money, love and happiness. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Is there a frequency you think an individual should follow to make sure that they stay on the end of less clutter versus accumulating more? Well, one way to do that is, you know, some people, when they bring something in the house, they get in the habit of taking something out. So if you buy a new pair of shoes, you find something you can donate. Or, of course, you know, now there's places where you can recycle things. So the in and out. Also, sometimes basically just if you take something out of a drawer or out of a closet, you put it back. So those are just kind of things, you know, routine things. You know, for me now, I'm really disciplined myself is I just don't put things down. Mm -hmm. I put them away because when I put them away, it only takes me a few seconds. Yeah. And then my countertop is clear. The dresser is clear. Yeah. So it's doing like little things like that. But on a bigger scale, you know, when we change our 
closed seasonally because of the weather, that's a good time to just kind of check and see well, what I wore, what I didn't wear. Yeah. And the same thing even with house decor, because sometimes people do change their house decor, mm-hmm. you know, seasonally. And that's a good time to just like, mm, I didn't use this last season or the season before. And then, of course, you know, once a year when we're going through and getting ready for taxes, it's always a good time to get rid of stuff we don't need because we're supposed to keep, you know, so many years and I right, always ask right. the person who does my text. I'm like, okay, what year can I get rid of? Yeah, now? no, right. You know, can Same. I get rid of, you know, get rid of something? <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we've got, you know, all this wonderful technology. We've got scanners. We've got different little, you know, whether yeah. you've got a hard drive, a flash drive, or you use the cloud, you know, and you just don't want to get rid of things, but you want to save them. Then that's what you do. I mean, I paid off my student loan decades ago, but I still want to hold on to that paperwork. I know that now. Certain, <laughs> certain, something like that. So yeah. I just scanned it. I'm like, I don't, don't need to. Be- you. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. So I just, you know, I just scanned it. So that gives me the comfort of knowing I have it, but I don't physically have to have it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. And so, Janet, you've had quite the career and, you know, from podcasting to being on TV to working with some really high profile names. I love to hear more about how you were able to service, you know, a client such as a Les Brown. So that client came from a referral. And at the time I had been listening to his tapes religiously. And I'll never forget, I got the call. And I was in shock because I'm like, oh, my goodness, I know your voice. And he's like, you know my voice? I says, yes, I know your voice. And he was with a friend and he just really needed somebody just to kind of really just not necessarily organize physical stuff. Mm -hmm. It was more or less just kind of give him a process because he had he was, you know, growing his business and he just needed some processes. So that's what I did for Mr. Les Brown. I love that. Did you ever see yourself being someone that will ever be on television? Is that a dream you ever saw for yourself? I'm not a dream at all that I had for myself. And I think both of those, well, the HGTV happened because I was doing those community workshops and they were looking for some organizer to pair at the time with a woman who was a TV anchor woman. So that's how they got my name. And then the Rachel Ray piece came about because of my social media. So then that's how they found me. And then that was just like a week because I saw the email on Monday, didn't really think it was serious. So from Monday to Friday, I kept going back and forth, giving them tips. They were, and then Friday afternoon, they said, okay, we want you in New York on Wednesday. Wow. And so, yeah. So that's, and I mean, and that's one reason why people should be organized because once I got the call, it was like, okay, I got to get my plane ticket. I got to get the hair done. Wait a minute. I don't even have anything to wear. But I, you know, I have a friend who is just about my size and she's always just getting rid of things in her closet. I called her up. I said, look, I got to go to New York. This is why (laughs) I need something from your closet. And she she just really she gave me more than what I expected. Then I called another friend who's a stylist, laid things out and got my hair done, got it. And it just, it was, and I never even imagined I was going to, one, meet Peter Walsh, which is like, he is like the guru of organizers. And, you know, he's been on Oprah Winfrey show, but also just to be chosen as the winner. 
of the color frequency. Yeah, because as you can see, you know, yeah. I've got my little crown, <laughs> which I proudly displayed it there. That's awesome. Congratulations to you. So this isn't always something that you started out in. Did you make a career shift? Is that what it was? I made a career shift because my last the layoff. Yeah, my late yeah, I was doing customer service. I mean, I had done so many different jobs. And this is the one thing that I've stuck to because I was working in my degree is in fashion merchandising. So I was in retail management. Then I went into banking. And then that, and then the last one where I was laid off was transportation. So I've had a just nice little variety. But in all of that, that really has helped me work with all the different clients that I've had over the years. You know, specifically the banking when I'm working with clients, you know, specifically with their documents and, you know, just their financial files and, and also sometimes with just the retail management and how just to kind of organize things and inventories and storage rooms. So all of that has really helped me in what I do. Yeah. You talk about it all being helpful and what you do today. When you look back on it, would you say all of those breadcrumbs really were put in place like for you to say yes to this new career? Yes, I do believe it is because it allowed me kind of to see behind the scenes because I was working there on how things operated. And then when I work with business clients, I'm able to take some of that experience and just help them, you know, better manage their businesses and their operations as well. Oh, oh, I love that. What advice would you give to the person that has been, I don't want to use the word stuck, but been in a career for an extended amount of time and, you know, they they feel like another door is opening for them to try something different, but they have this fear. Did you ever have any fear get started? I did have fear, but I had a, I had a cushion. I was still living at home with mother. So that was a little easier. I mean, because there were times when I just felt like I really wanted to just throw in the towel. I remember this one particular time I was just crying. I was like, you know, I can't even pay my bills. I just want to throw in the towel. And I remember my mother telling me, she says, no, she said, because you know what it was like when you were working for somebody else. So you need to do this and you need to give me, you know, it was my phone bill because I just couldn't pay it. And you, and I'll, I'll take care of the phone bill. And I was crying because at the time I realized that phone bill was like 60 something dollars, but I was just crying. I was really literally crying. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. But the advice I would give them is one, figure out what you're passionate about. Do as much research as possible. Find out if somebody would mentor you and then just kind of transition. You know, don't necessarily, you know, because you've got responsibilities, you know, transition out of what you're doing, which you, which you don't like doing. Maybe do some, you know, little side gigs, you know, and then just slowly, slowly doing it to the point where you know that you can do it full time. Yeah, I love that. Oh, this has been such a good conversation. But Jana, before I let you go, I have just four short questions I'm just going to ask you. There's okay. no right or wrong answer. You just <laughs> okay. respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. The first question is describe age in four words or less. No boundaries. That's fine. I think no boundaries. I, I like that response. I want to hear more about your thought process behind it. No boundaries, no limits, because I mean, I think. When I was little, I would look at somebody who was 30 or 40 years old, but now, you know, I have mentors who were close to 80s and above, and they're starting to do different and new things. 
Wow. So that's why, yeah, and I'm like, they want to do something new, something different. I'm like, wow. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, all right. This one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is, and age has taught me. My name is Janet, and age has taught me to always learn something new. I love that. What's the last thing you've learned? Or right the now, most recent thing, I should say. What's the most recent thing? Well, the most thing recent thing, I guess it would be TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talked, I have a guy, son who's a millennial. So he really kind of gave me the guidance and mentorship I needed to step out and do that. Because I wasn't, I was not going to do that. But he's like, look, you need to, and you know, he just ran down all the reasons and he had a really nice long conversation i have a page and a half of notes from that conversation mind you so yeah Mm -hmm. okay and this one is ask for permission or ask for forgiveness i think ask for forgiveness why because you don't want to ever feel like you never had the chance to just say you're sorry you don't want to have, you don't want to live with that regret. And I know so many people who are, they wish like, I wish I had just, I'm like, Mm-mm. whatever it is, somebody's got to be humble and just say it. And if, you know, if the person doesn't receive it, you know, that's, that's not, but you have to at least like right. say it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you comfortable with silences or nonstop conversation? Gosh, both. So it depends on the situation for you? It depends on the situation. Sometimes I just love silence. I mean, it's like, especially sometimes after a long day, because I get up at four, and then sometimes just being in that silence at night is just beautiful. But then sometimes I love the nonstop conversations, especially when there's so many people, so many generations just kind of conversing, and I just love it. Yeah, I love that how you described it. It's like, yeah, let's hear all these opinions and yeah, you, you know, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the millennials, the boomers, the silent and I, the silent age. You know, it's like all of these different, and everybody's just like, and you even see the little baby just like trying to take it all in. <laughs> yeah, I love that, Jenna. What final words would you have for our listeners, or do you have for our listeners? I should say as it relates to organization and let the people know where they can connect with you after this podcast. So I guess my final words would be what I just shared earlier is 80% of the stuff we keep, we never reference again. We wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. And that Statistics says that on average, the person, every average person, it depends on square footage of the house, has over 300,000 items in the house. So, yeah. And that depends on your square footage. So, with what, all of the... The 300,000, I, I have to ask, what is, what's the typical square footage for that about? That statistic really didn't say, but I'm thinking it's got to be anywhere like in the 2000 range, because a lot of people do have a lot of stuff. I mean, we're, and we were talking about every shoe, every sock, every pen, every pencil, every fork, knife, and spoon. So when you start adding all of that stuff up, 
it can add it can really add up and sometimes you'd be surprised when you open up a door you open up a closet you open up a box that you haven't even touched and you may have moved three or four times with it you'd be surprised how much stuff people really do have so but yeah i just want to i want every but i also want everybody to know that if you just take an hour each week and focus on getting organized, within a year you would have focused 52 hours on the journey. So organization is not a journey, it's not a, it's not a destination, it is a journey. So, you know, just look at your life and just figure out where you are right now and just get rid of anything that doesn't fall in line with that. I love that. And one hour a week is really not that, it's not that bad at all especially when you consider how much time people spend on other things. I mean, lessen, immediately lessen that one hour that you spend on social media, whatever the platform is that you <laughs> give to most of your time. One That's hour true. is nothing. Yeah. yeah, or you can even spread it out, you know, 15 hours, 15 minutes here and there, 15 yeah. minutes, four hours a week. Yeah, Wow. Thank you, Janet, again, for being a guest here on the podcast. I truly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, so. I did, too. And you can reach me at www.JanetMTaylor.com. Or you can just Google Janet M. Taylor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamekaMcTeer.com to sign up for my email list as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.